ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 3304 Sports Podcast. Colby Orm Bertram here, riding with y'all solo uh, once more, but solo, no mo, at least, you know, not, not as much throughout this semester. A little bit of a corny way to be able to intro, intro us in here to yet another semester here, not only at Virginia Tech for 3304 Sports, but more importantly, uh, into another uh, semester here of the podcast, uh, you know, as we're on right now. So uh, w- with that out of the way, I wanted to preface this episode um, as this is not going to be anywhere close to the point of prior ones. At least I, well, I don't anticipate myself going that long. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. And when I mean that, uh, what, what I mean by that is we're going to have a little bit of information on multiple things. First of all, for any regular listeners, uh, this is going to be a little bit of an information as where the podcast is going to be moving forward from here. Uh, and then outside of that, we're also going to go into Virginia Tech men's and women's basketball, uh, you know, a little bit of looking back into some recent results, looking ahead for the programs, uh, maybe looking at where they may be eyeing to finish here uh, as we have just about a month now until the regular season is over and we get into ACC tournaments, uh, March Madness, et cetera, et cetera. So with that out of the way, I wanted to go ahead here and talk about, this is the biggest change that has actually happened at the 3304 Sports Podcast uh, during my tenure. And I'm really excited and I'm really proud uh, of where we have been able to, uh, you know, what's been able to come through of this. So, for longtime listeners, you guys know that over the past couple of years, uh, I've been on the show uh, full time. Uh, basically, if you're listening to a podcast, you hear my annoying voice uh, every single time. That isn't going to be the case as much now. Uh, Dan and I, of course, ran it for a year, just really he and I, uh, <clears throat> roughly like, you know, year, year and a half. And then it transitioned on into uh, some temporary co-hosts and then it just kind of became a lot more loose this past semester this semester our structure is going to be very very concrete and i'm really excited for where we're going for from here um as i am now having the pleasure to announce four other current uh podcast hosts that are going to be in a rotation with me um uh, every single name that i'm going to be mentioning here uh for long-time listeners uh or for people who may be even in 3304 uh, that listen to the podcast uh, are going to be names that you know uh, from prior instances. So the first name that I want to go ahead and bring to your attention is uh, Wesley Clark. I've had the pleasure of calling uh, uh, a soccer match with him this past semester. And on top of that, I I believe he's been on a podcast or two with us. Big Buckeye fan. Uh, you're going to be having a lot of fun with Wes, uh, Wes here. Uh, I'm really excited for him to be able to get this big opportunity in this big step forward. Ironically, <laughs> uh, with some of this, this stuff as well, uh, you know, kind of right in an order here for me as well. Uh, next one's going to be Robert Bateman. Uh, someone that uh, is one of the uh, more passionate people of, for soccer in this program alongside, you know, myself and Ishan and Connor Mardian. Um, he is incredible at broadcasting soccer. Uh, I've been privileged to be able to broadcast with him as well. Um, but then on top of that, he has also been uh, delving into the world of basketball here with Virginia Tech as well, uh, including an incredible opportunity 
uh, recently when he traveled to Cameron Indoor to call with uh, our new podcast coordinator, who I'll talk about at the end of all of this, um, to call some women's basketball. So Robert's really fun, really charismatic, and I think that you guys will have a kick being able to listen to him. Next up, you know her, you'll love her. She's beat me in the pick series. Abby Nielsen is also going to be in this rotation of hosts. Uh, yet another uh, young rising stud here uh, has done an absolutely fantastic job uh, and has been, uh, you know, just so eager to be able to get these opportunities. And it's very, uh, very, you know, it makes me really happy. It makes me really proud to be able to see uh, someone really kind of digging for these opportunities. I mean, she's only a freshman. She's been able to get herself alongside like other freshmen and sophomores into, uh, you know, uh, independent outlets. Uh, she's with Tech Sideline and she's done some recordings with them. Um, and of course she was, as I mentioned, the, the co-host of the pick series in our second season. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys know her, <laughs> you've been listening to her for a long time. She's great. And I'm excited for her to be able to get her chance to be able to lead the show as well. And last, but certainly not the least on this list, uh, is going to be none other than Joey Robertson, Joey. Uh, has been on the podcast here from time to time. So you've certainly heard his voice. Uh, he's been lovely to be able to have conversations with and is certainly going to be able to be confident enough to lead the way uh, whenever he is getting those hosting opportunities moving forward. Uh, and Joey, I believe, I, I don't want to mess this up because I want to make sure I have uh, given everyone, you know, their roses here uh, properly. But, oh gosh, am I not going to be fun? No, please, yes. Ah, I'm happy. I'm right. Uh, I, I believe of everyone, and maybe I'm wrong, and hey, if, if Wes or Abby or Rob are going to, you know, come at me for this, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is, this was what I thought I remember, and I was right. Joey, big baseball guy. Uh, Joey actually recently announced that he's going to be uh, broadcasting for the Doc Spiders in Northwoods League this summer uh, up in Wisconsin, so a uh, big shout out for that. Um, I believe Joey was also there when we had like our only recording of a, a NHL uh, playoffs so far. So Joey's able to certainly cover sports, uh, you know, at, at the very least in, in my own um, quote unquote expertise, or at least understanding I'm not as strong with familiar with. And he's someone that I think is really going to bring a spark here in the spring as uh, when, you know, uh, the, in the spring, in the prior couple of years, uh, the Virginia Tech content was not, at least in, in, in my own failings, as strong as I would have wanted it to, uh, to have been. Um, but I know that he's going to be all over BT baseball, all over BT softball, and I'm going to be able to grow uh, with him and with everyone else. Uh, and really, I think that that uh, passion is going to be able to help drive uh, a really great covering of what has become uh, very strong programs here at Virginia Tech. So in one last recap, your uh, podcast hosts outside of myself, uh, you have Robert Bateman, Abigail Nielsen, Joey Robertson, and Wesley Clark as your full-time hosts. Uh, I'm really excited for them to be able to get on. They're going to be starting their, some of their opportunities next week, uh, and they're very strong. They're very charismatic. They're very... Uh, just exciting to be able to listen, talk to, et cetera, uh, and hope that I'll be able to record with them uh, a little bit as well as we're moving forward here. 
Um, but with that as well, uh, though this is, this is a behind the scenes thing, I do want to you know make it known, give him his flyers as well. Kyle Marshek, uh, for anyone that remembers, uh, about this time last year, he was the uh, co-host alongside me as we were kind of in that transition uh, transitionary phase. Uh, and Kyle did an excellent job there, has been, uh, you know, has, has helped me in a lot of ways to grow as someone who talks in this field. And I think ultimately uh, is someone who is very passionate about really getting things done and getting things done the right way. And he really has with this, uh, with the podcast here, uh, I've been wanting the podcast to grow uh, with hosts and with people that are getting opportunities uh, because, you know, my voice shouldn't be here every week. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you all want to hear me every single week, but I, I, I've had the privilege and honor to be able to uh, do that for gosh, a couple hundred episodes. It's a lot, but I, I, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, right out of the gates that we have this new structure and that Kyle is really kind of heading the charge in really changing uh, how the 3304 Sports Podcast is going to be run. And I know that going into the future, that this is the absolute right direction for it to go in. And uh, I think that as long as we continue this strong build, and as long as we continue that, you know, not throughout this semester, but next semester, et cetera, this can be a place where, uh, my hopes and goals for it have been to really help people who either enjoy podcasting, get more opportunities, but then also for freshmen who may not be comfortable with their voices yet to be able to talk about sports in a way that they want to. And ultimately with that, with growing with their voice, growing with their confidence, being able to then comfortably transition into broadcasting and really kind of crack it out of the park off the rip because that's certainly what this has done for me. Um, and I, I, I love both podcasting and broadcasting, but I do not think that I would have been as, uh, I don't want to say confident, but comfortable in the booth if I did not have this experience of being able to just kind of talk with you and be able to share my thoughts and opinions and love for sports. So, and I want to thank all of you listeners for that uh, as well, as it's truly, truly so important for myself and for other people to be able to share this and ultimately to be able to have a really nice outlet for us all to be able to talk. So big shout out for those people. Uh, love every single one of them. Love every single time we talk, uh, every single you know interaction we have. And I'm so excited for them to be able to share their passion about sports, Virginia Tech College, otherwise, with you on the podcast moving forward. With all of that being said, that's, that's the prelude. That's talking about uh, what has been going on behind the scenes of the 3304 Sports Podcast. Now, let's talk about the thing that we're all here to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, right? Sports. And talking about Virginia Tech sports. We're going to break it down here. We are going to go ahead and start off with the, the with the uh, women as the women played a game. Uh, I'm currently recording this uh, the Friday after the women had just played a game. I'm trying to remember who it's against. Uh, it's going to be less memory 
more kind of knowing uh, in a couple seconds here, they were against Syracuse. So we'll start with covering the ladies and then we'll then transition into the men as uh, whether this is dropped uh, late tonight uh, or it's dropped prior to the game or maybe even after the game uh, for the men tomorrow, ultimately, you know, closer to the men, close out on the men. So, firstly, talking about the women, the women have had a pretty strong season. They've stayed ranked uh, throughout the entirety of the year, have not dropped out once, uh, and honestly have not even dropped far as well. Uh, currently uh, 13th in the nation, uh, that may or may not go up. I don't know if uh, any teams above them have lost, but the ladies, of course, started out this year uh, the highest they had been uh, ranked, I believe, in the preseason, which was 13th, and now they're still 13th. So, you know, they've, they've had some losses, but mostly this season's been very good, and uh, there's been a lot of wins, and there's been a lot uh, for Kenny Brooks and co. to be proud of here. Uh, getting that win against ten- uh, Tennessee all the way back in December, I believe we've talked about uh, in the past, was really, really good. And really the losses that Virginia Tech women have aren't even that bad of losses if we're really looking at it, right? Uh, they lost when they were the number six team in the nation in Notre Dame uh, at home. Don't want to lose at home, but if you're losing at home, want to lose one of the best teams in the nation. They lost on the road to Clemson. Uh, I believe the roster was running a little short that game. I do believe, I remember it was, yeah, because it was running a little bit short when I called on the UNC game where the ladies were able to get a win. And then ultimately they lost on a uh, road trip to Miami. You know, it was on the road. Miami's a competent team uh, getting the job done there. And then otherwise Virginia Tech lost to Cameron Indoor. And we know that it is very hard to win a Cameron Indoor. This Virginia Tech team has been very, very strong throughout the year. Uh, of course, led by Elizabeth Kitley, uh, one of the top prospects going into the draft and whatnot this season. Uh, one of the, you know, leaders for so many things uh, in the uh, women's college basketball world, uh, leading the team in points and in rebounds and in blocks. Uh, she's absolutely been killing it this season. Uh, but then also, of course, the partner in crime, Georgia Amore, has been doing well as well, uh, has been also doing as well. I think I tripped up a little bit of my words there, but uh, averaging the most assists per game for the team, 5.1. Um, and then on top of all of that, uh, Kayana Trailer, the senior, has also been uh, rocking out this season, has been doing really well, uh, and I believe was really the big factor, was a big factor in the win against, uh, yeah, against UVA um, just this past Sunday in, in the trip to Charlottesville as she put up 25 points, uh, putting a 50%, uh, 50% shooting from three. So... This team feels very strong. It's been really well led, of course. And moving into the month of February, it is a hard schedule. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, you, you, you can really tell how tough this team is by how they close out the month of February. Uh, obviously, it has just started. So you're like, close out. What, what, what do you mean? Cole? Well, this team does not have, uh, well, actually has all but one game against ranked opponents this month. Uh, and that one game is the last game where they take a trip to uh, Atlanta to play the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. Otherwise, they play North Carolina State away in their next game. 
Then they come back to Blacksburg to play the Seminoles uh, and stay home for a three-game streak uh, where you'd really hope and look to build momentum against other ranked teams in Duke and a rematch against the Wolfpack. And then they take a trip to Raleigh to play – or no, not Raleigh, <laughs> Chapel Hill. <laughs> Raleigh's an NC State. But I'm taking that trip to Chapel Hill uh, to play the Tar Heels. Uh, all of these teams, not only just ranked teams, but all of them but Florida State are currently ranked uh, inside the top uh, 15, uh, top 20, uh, just about top 15. Duke 16, North Carolina State's 15. ACC is a very strong conference for college basketball. Um, in fact, having, uh, doing quick math here, grand total of six ranked teams so far. Uh, with some other very strong programs knocking on the door, including a Louisville program that uh, was kind of the uh, a, a, a curse in a sense for the Virginia Tech program for a bit uh, until getting a big win uh, against the Cardinals this year at home. Um, this is this is a hard schedule. This is where you're really going to be able to prove your stuff and prove uh, how good this team is on currently four losses. Uh, really strong teams here with the Wolfpack uh, being led by Diamond Johnson uh, in the next upcoming game. Uh, and that's going to be taking place this Monday in Raleigh. So the women have been playing a very solid season thus far uh, and certainly will have their work cut out for them this month. And honestly, I think the best part about this is win or lose, you know, even if the, the women were to go to 500 this month, what this month provides for Virginia Tech is so much more important than a lot of other teams honestly may have. And the reason I'm saying this is uh, not for, you know, ACC tournament, because obviously they've been playing mostly ACC uh, for a while when you get in the conference play, but it's when you're getting into March Madness. Uh, Virginia Tech is a team that ultimately uh, have been wanting to get a little bit more out of March Madness over the past couple of years. And they just haven't. Uh, last year, they were just unfortunate. Hit a little bit of an injury bug towards the end of the year and got knocked out early. Uh, so it, it was unfortunate circumstances for uh, Brooks and Co. And this year, uh, you know, knocking on wood that nothing bad goes wrong for the program. But as long as they can keep their depth up, this could certainly be a strong year for Virginia Tech. So being able to have this run of great opponents, opponents that they, technically speaking, will have to play in the first weekend, uh, you know, it, it, getting out of the uh, the round of, the yeah, the first round, round 64 or whatnot. So I think ultimately the, this run leading into the ECC tournament, where they're also going to have to play some of these teams for a third time this year, uh, it, it just – it doesn't get more important for, than that, and it's just win or lose. It's performing well and knowing what mistakes to learn off of, and I think that's going to be quintessential for the side. You know that learning aspect leading into March Madness to where they can really kind of hit the stride that they want to this season. And speaking of though, it, the March Madness seems very. Uh, set in stone for the women, as it has for a couple of years now. It has not been for the men. Uh, the men are unfortunately in a situation eerily similar to last season, but for different reasons. And I'll, I'll get into it. So first of all, 
The men are currently three and eight in the ACC. Uh, close to the bottom, there's only three teams that they're currently above right now. The Fighting Irish, uh, Louisville, and Georgia Tech. Um, so that's not great for them, uh, particularly, you know, coming off of a Virginia, an ACC tournament win. Um, but then moving forward the, this weekend, they have a huge game against uh, Commonwealth class rivals, Virginia. Then uh, the second go around, the first time they played was uh, middle of January where the, Virginia had a double digit win in Charlottesville. Though I do think that 10 points was a little bit misleading. More of that will be gone into, but UVA is one of the best teams in the nation. And this is going to be a hard game to be able to get through no matter what. And ultimately, there's a lot for Virginia Tech to prove if they want to be properly considered for March Madness. Now, comparatively to last year, the situation of how Virginia Tech has got to this point in the conference when uh, so many people expected so much more of the program uh, is a little bit different. See, last year was purely bad form and bad performances from Virginia Tech, something that was not anticipated with how well-run this program is, particularly in the early months. Um, and it was just a struggle. And it, unfortunately, there seems to be a trend that that uh, transition between late December to middle of January is a struggle spot for these uh, Mike Young teams early on in his tenure at Virginia Tech. So that's a little bit of something uh, to be concerned of moving forward. But this year, it's a little bit different. This year, uh, this was the first time in the Mike Young era, as short as it's been currently, uh, that Virginia Tech has had to go time without not only a starter, but their leader in Hunter Couture. Um, back in December, uh, when this losing streak started, uh, Hunter Couture got banged up against Boston College, uh, and ultimately, I think he tried to play it out, but... It, it was uh, it was an arm injury that ultimately he had to um, make sure that didn't get any worse moving forward. So we did not have Hunter for Wake Forest, both uh, not both Clemson games, but Clemson, North Carolina State, Syracuse, uh, and then I think we just got him back against Virginia uh, as as in referring to this stri- stretch of games. I believe Virginia was his first game back, maybe his second, maybe he was getting a little bit of time at Syracuse, but. You know, that's a big, yeah, that's a four game span that Virginia Tech was without 100 tour. Uh, he got banked up in Boston College with some time left, and then ultimately coming back and uh, getting back into form has made things hard. But once 100 tour has become, has got back in form, this team has thus improved again. It's not that much of a surprise. 100 tour throughout his time for Virginia Tech has been a very solid defender. Uh, and has been incredible from three, you know, uh, just a very strong three and D player and missing someone as important as that really is going to hurt. But as he's been back, he's been really helping lead the way, but there's been other factors uh, uh, as well uh, as Grant Vasili has really stepped up uh, throughout the season towards the beginning of the year. He's just seemed a lot more, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, what's happened with the position for the past couple of years is he just seemed a little bit more of a, a three-point shooter and wasn't as physical on the inside. Um, 
something that Aluma improved on throughout his time. Uh, uh, but it was it's still been a concern. It's been a rebounding and interior defensive concern that's really been a crux to these early Mike Young teams uh, for Blacksburg. But as the season's gone on and as the losing streaks went on, the Seals become a lot more confident inside. Uh, has been able to find space and get easy, uh, you know, just easy put in baskets, little, little gimmies. Uh, has been good at creating space. Has been good at finding passes. He has improved tenfold, I think, throughout the season uh, and has really helped to lead the team. Uh, he's had some consistent shooting uh, from range as well that has helped. Uh, but ultimately, I think being able to just be a stronger presence to help Justin Mutz on the inside has been uh, quintessential to the bounce back for Virginia Tech. So growth from Basile, uh, Basile and overall uh, coming back from injury uh, for Hunter Couture and then Hunter Couture really lightened it up uh, after his coming back. And then ultimately, I think some of the other concerns as well as other players have been improving. Uh, you know, around this time last year, uh, Darius Maddox and Sean Padula were really starting to make names for themselves and uh, the fan base was really starting to get behind them. MJ Collins has certainly been making a name for himself recently. Uh, actually, he's unfortunately uh, getting uh, elbowed during the Miami game uh, was, was a big loss throughout the end of it, just having a little bit less rotation there. But uh, MJ has been playing well, including uh, an 11-point game against Syracuse. Uh, overall, a uh, six-point game against uh, Duke. It's a high number, technically, but MJ Collins, you can notice the improvement in you know spacing and ball movement and shot selection, and everything has just got better with his game. And I think that as this month goes on, look for Collins to really start to fill up the stat sheet a little bit more for Virginia Tech, uh, depending on the time uh, allotted to him. Camden, uh, not Camden Johnson, John Camden, uh, has been looking really good as of late. Uh, putting in good shifts against Syracuse, uh, where he put up eight points in that game, looking really strong. Uh, put in a good, uh, pretty decent shift against Miami as well. Uh, Camden has certainly been growing here as a, a freshman. Um, and then ultimately, though, a little bit of unfortunate marking in the last game for Sean Padula. Padula seemingly had a little bit of a bounce back game against Miami. Padula has been someone that's, you know, last year was very much the rock for this team. Uh, and he's very much so been the rock for this team this year, but it almost came to a detriment in, in, in a sense, right? Um, where, you know, he would be taking, uh, you know, just, you know, somewhere between 15 to 18 shots in a game but we'll only be hitting a few of them uh, with, you know, one really bad example uh, being going three of 15, taking that trip up to Syracuse at the start of the uh, three game away streak, two of 11 from three, uh, three point land and only getting 10 points. Uh, Padula with the 20 point performance against Miami uh, going six to 10 from the field two of five from three. Uh, that was the first time he had hit the 20 point mark since playing Grambling all the way back in December. Um, and it was the first time he hit the 40-minute uh, mark uh, for a game uh, since the UVA game in Charlottesville. 
where he also had a strong performance, four, nine, two, and six from the field, uh, putting up 10 points there. So Padula was someone that was really well-rounded last year, and it's not that he that has changed. It's just more of a, a, a lapse in form without Hunter Couture. It's, it's kind of the unfortunate way that it, it's kind of gone. And what is to be said about this Virginia Tech team is comparatively to last season, where the team just needed to find form out of thin air, this Virginia Tech team is finding form, and there is a reason why they're three-and-eight, right? You, you can't say last year that there was a reason why they were as bad as they were. There, there's a reason. They're, they just did not play well. Um, you know, it's really unfortunate to see. Uh, but then, obviously, they pulled it out in the end. But this year, there's at least an understanding for why Virginia Tech had such a long losing streak. Uh, seven game, I do believe. Yeah, seven game losing streak. It's because of the injury. It's because of, uh, you know, Basile was transferring, really getting, growing into ACC play. Uh, a little bit of a loss of, of form, unfortunately, for Padula, who is hopefully finding that back soon. And we'll see against uh, UVA uh, to, uh, tomorrow for me at Castle uh, if that will continue. Uh, I do believe that it actually will. Um, ultimately, all there's been a lot of factors this season that has contributed to this uh, three and eight ACC record uh, in, uh, I believe, four games above 500. Let me go ahead and check. I think it's 13. We're 13 and nine. Uh, Virginia Tech is 13 and nine. So there, I think it is understandable how the team has got to this point. But now it's digging themselves out of this hole to where rather than having to win the ACC tournament uh, to prove that you merit a spot in the NCAA, it's being able to put together a competent enough record that if, if, if as long as you get a couple wins in the ACC tournament, or, you know, maybe a win and a good performance against, like, the best team in the ACC, you'll be able to get in, right? Uh, one point that I forgot to mention as well is star freshman uh, Rodney Rice has been suffering from uh, some injury woes throughout this season. Uh, I don't believe that there is a timetable for his return. I've not seen anything, uh, any uh, Rodney Rice update news yet. Uh, that's something that I can, uh, that I'm going to be looking out for as things go on, but, uh, you know, ultimately being uh, missing someone that you're hoping to be like, you know, seventh or sixth man has hurt as well. So for Virginia Tech, I think for this team to really be able to finish the season how they want it to be finished, uh, I think that they're going to need to be able to uh, find some form for some players, right? Uh, it, it looks like that uh, Sean Padula, very much a crucial player in this team, is starting to find that again. Uh, and I think Padula uh, growing more into, you know, you know, finding that role for himself again uh, is going to be so important for this team. Uh, I think that is the most important factor. Once everything is fully clicking and, you know, the, the, the gears are turning smoothly for Padula, that's where this whole team is going to kick into another level uh, as they've started to, but uh, Darius Maddox getting more points off the bench would be great. Uh, 
and ultimately being able to uh, see continued growth at MJ Collins and John Cannon be nice. And honestly, uh, uh, Majel Poti, I'd love to see more minutes from him as well. He's, he's got a little bit of reduced minutes recently, but he's been someone that's been pretty strong when he's been uh, given opportunities to shine. So, excuse me, I think, I think that would be nice for him. So, with all that being said, there are three notably hard games left on the schedule, and the rest, honestly, are not. The three games I'm referring to are UVA at home, the fourth, tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a really exciting game. Uh, 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 hope, uh, assuming this goes out before then, uh, hopefully you find a way to be able to watch it by noon. It's going to be on ESPN2, so it should be pretty accessible. Uh, it's a huge one. That is one that you really want to win because it's your home. But then the other two hard games are back-to-back. One of them home, one away, being a rematch against Miami, a team that Virginia Tech was really sticking with throughout the majority of the game. And then it was Nigel Pax getting hot at the end that drew the separation needed for the Hurricanes. And a trip to Cameron Indoor, uh, which it is always hard to play in Cameron Indoor. And after uh, being the team to uh, uh, get UVA uh, a win back in the stop at seven-game losing streak, Duke is going to be hungry to be able to find redemption uh, against this Virginia Tech side at home. Otherwise, is Boston College, again, to, to notice, right, Boston College, who's a team only a couple uh, ACC spots ahead of Virginia Tech, uh, is one of the teams for Virginia Tech has to play. Notre Dame's below them. Georgia Tech is below them. They're currently the worst team in the ECC. Uh, Pittsburgh is a little bit above Virginia Tech, I do believe. Yeah, Pitt is in the top three for the ACC. So that is generally a hard game, but uh, it's a lot harder when you have to take that trip up to Pennsylvania. That has been a spot where Virginia Tech has had a little bit of uh, uh, struggles uh, as of late. Then otherwise, you have a trip to Kentucky to play Louisville. Again, one of the worst teams in the ECC. And to play at Florida State, who is tied on record with Boston College and a very disappointing year for the Seminoles. So most of those games are pretty winnable. Uh, Notre Dame is a trip to South Bend, I do believe. Yeah, I I mentioned Notre Dame. Um, Most of those games are pretty winnable for Virginia Tech, as there there are teams that have been struggling more so than the Hokies. So I, I think it's just a function of winning the games that you need to win, but ultimately it's the, the, the big three games. I think if Virginia Tech was to be under 500, but they won all three of those games against Virginia, Miami, and Duke, that's huge. That's utterly massive for your March Madness resume. But – with winning the two of them, two of them is, I think, um, the ideal scenario here for Virginia Tech. Um, with my chalking of the Cameron Indoor game is probably the loss there because it's Cameron Indoor. But if you're able to at least get two wins, one against one of the best teams in the nation in Virginia, um, and one against another top 25 team, 
a team that is very much going to be a March Madness favorite to be making uh, to be uh, doing damage or dealing damage in Miami. Those are very noticeable wins for the committee. And then it's just a function of finishing the season with a respectable ACC record. Um, there are, and I'll count it up here, nine games left. I've, I just realized I could have just counted the games at the top of the month. I'm silly. There are nine games left. We've played 11 in the ACC. So technically speaking, to get to 500, uh, Virginia Tech would have to go six and one now. A lot less ideal than if they would have been able to pull out a win uh, against the Hurricanes uh, in Miami. But I do think that six and one is feasible, even if they were to go five and two, just shy of 500 in the ACC with at that point in eight and 10 record, right? Eight and 10 record currently, eight wins is where Miami's at. They're in the top five. Obviously, they're not going to stay there, but it's going to put Virginia Tech, a highly rated team, right in the middle of the ACC, which is going to be a lot more respectable of a look for them than being towards the bottom of the ACC uh, this year. So I, I think that reaching that point, you know, at least at least eight and ten, if not nine and nine is going to be um, huge for Virginia Tech uh, in its hopes of being able to qualify for March Madness as it's actually surprisingly one of the longest active streaks. Uh, five years running now, Virginia Tech has made the uh, March Madness tournament. I believe Kansas is at the top of 30. You guys know, and you guys know how much I love that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think these are some really big games. I think these are winnable games. Uh, we saw a lot of the po- you know the positives of having a matchup against Miami uh, when we played them in the middle of this past week. But it's the issue of letting one of those guards get hot. And the sad thing is, is that with the four guards that they have, someone's going to get hot. It's just a function of who is a function of being able to limit uh, the destruction that they can cause uh, in a game. Um, but ultimately, all the programs that Virginia Tech has left to play outside of Virginia have had their own fair share of struggles this season. And as the season has gone on, Virginia Tech looks to have a lot more of an identity. And I think that that is very important comparatively to prior years. I feel like Virginia Tech knows exactly what they want to do when it comes to game day is just executing it and getting into a uh, hot form at the right time. And I think that that is definitely possible, particularly as the next two games are home games, start up a two game winning streak. And then as long as you don't choke the away games, or if you lose one of the away games, you lose by barely any points, which is another big thing for Virginia Tech uh, that I'll harp on, which I think is big for the uh, March Madness Selection Committee. Um, I think Virginia Tech can really start to find its footing into closing out this season uh, as they're expected to be coming into it as one of the better teams in the ECC. Um, with the last point being made here, 
uh, before I think a closeout for this episode is that for Virginia Tech, they have not had many uh, double-digit or over two drive losses, right? They lost to Miami by nine. I think that score's a little deceiving. They lost to Virginia by 10. That score's a little deceiving. But then outside of that, they lost at home by three to Clemson. They lost at home by four to the Wolfpack. They lost by 10 away from home against Syracuse. That is the worst loss, I think, on the schedule. They lost by one, taking a trip to South Carolina to play Clemson. And then otherwise, in the game that Hunter Gator got banged up, overtime, by the way, they lost by five to uh, Boston College. And then that game right after, they lost by two points in a trip to Winston-Salem to play Wake Forest. Uh, outside of that, and e- e- even the one other loss they had prior to that, Charleston, a current-ranked team, uh, losing to them by two in Charleston. Virginia Tech has had, though, a 13-9 record, pretty reasonable record, to be fair. A lot of those games, again, one or two possessions that if just one little thing went different, you know, rather than seeing a team at 13-9, and nine, quite literally, though, again, this is a very much hyperbole, very much a what-if type scenario, but if those one or two drives went to Virginia Tech's favor, rather than a 13-9 and nine team, you would be looking at a 19-3 and three team. That's, that's kind of where I'm going at with this. With a lot of those losses being without a leader in tour, I think that that is something that is going to weigh heavily on the committee's mind when Virginia Tech has become a little bit of a March Madness darling, quote-unquote. So, with that being said, again, I think 8-10 and 10 to 9-9, nine and nine, Virginia Tech is going to be in a great spot for looking to make March Madness. Anything less than that, you have to have another good tourney run, if not win the whole thing again, to make the tournament. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to, you know, count, uh, count my chickens on uh, Virginia Tech back-to-back ACC tournament winners, uh, no matter how strong this I may be. So that being said, that is going to be a wrap up here for this uh, 3304 Sports Podcast, talking a little bit of women's basketball, men's basketball, and being able to enlighten you all into the behind the scenes and incredible and exciting future that we have here uh, with the 3304 Sports Podcast. Um, Moving forward, there's going to be a lot of college talk, a lot of Virginia Tech talk. Uh, I'm excited uh, as for what we're going to be able to bring when it comes to uh, you know, basketball or not basketball, baseball content, softball content this year on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited for the continuation of this basketball content as we are again a month away from March Madness, the most wonderful time of the year uh, outside of Christmas. Um, and I'm I'm just excited for everything that's going on, and I'm thankful for everyone uh, that is involved in this change, and I'm really happy to. Uh, continue the growth of the podcast. And I'm also very grateful for everyone that's listening. So with that being said, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. We should be, we are currently going to be releasing two to three episodes a week. So look out around next Monday to Tuesday for the next episode of the podcast. With that being said, 
I hope you all enjoy. I hope you all stick around. I hope you all are just excited for the future as I am. Take care.